Okay, I have the pleasure of being here with Gail Main from Fredericksburg, Virginia. Gail is a wedding consultant. She's been a wedding consultant for five years now, is that correct? Yes, that's correct. Okay, good. Gail, thank you uh, for joining us. Um, tell me a little bit about why you feel a bride should hire a wedding consultant. One of the reasons I feel that a bride should hire a wedding consultant is so that she can have the time to spend with her family um, instead of running around making phone calls, running around chasing down vendors. Um, I try to give her an extra set of hands, extra set of ears, um, a, a second voice to back her up to make sure that the things that she wants are taken care of, they're done the way that she wants done. Um, so basically, I, I try to be her advocate and make sure everything she wants for her day is taken care of. And it's a comfort feature um, to help alleviate stress, you know, so that they can relax and, and actually enjoy their engagement as opposed to, you know, running around helter-skelter or worrying about details. So one of the things that I always suggest to my clients is that, um, you know, they, they give me their information and then they go off, go have lunch, go enjoy each other's company. And remember that the most important thing about all this is, you know, they're getting married. And just concentrate on that. And it seems to keep them a little less tense. Okay. So basically, you know, a couple would come to you and kind of give you their their vision, what they're kind of thinking about. Yes. And then, then you kind of pull that together and make it a reality for them? Right. Um, I try to get the couples to incorporate any personal ideas they have, um, any special family moments that they have um, to come into their marriage so that it becomes a family session instead of just um, the cookie cutter weddings. Mm. Um, you know, so if there's a couple that enjoys hiking, we try to incorporate some kind of nature into the event. If they like baseball, you know, bring maybe their favorite team colors into it. Um, and I try to tell them that, you know, it is their day, but also be concerned about their family's feelings. And maybe pick up something neat that grandma had or some idea that mom has. And, you know, help compromise and get everything smoothed over so they have a really pleasant event. Okay. And, and you basically, you know, get that from, from your, your interviewing them and, and things that are important to them. Right. Um, I usually have an a initial uh, assessment consultation where I sit with them and go over a list of questions trying to determine exactly what they want for their day. Um, and a lot of times some couples really don't know. They just, they just got engaged and they're really excited. And they've got all these different ideas from different places. So I try to help them pull ideas out of the back of their head, things that they had from childhood or something they may have seen recently but can't quite pinpoint the style or the overall look of it. Mm. And I try to help them get a picture of it so they can actually see it instead of it kind of being a fuzzy image in their head. Okay, do you find that couples are coming to you um, these days with, you know, some definite ideas of, of what they want or are they kind of blank slates and they're looking for your guidance? Actually, it depends on the client and the age, really. I'm huh. finding that my older brides have a very definite opinion of what they want and what they don't want. Um, the younger brides I work with, they their, their pictures are a little fuzzy. They may know specifically that they want this dress mm. or they want to have this site. But beyond that... I have to work with them to pull out more ideas and to give them ideas of what they can do to, say, work around that dress or work around that site to okay. give an overall picture of their event. Okay. And um, how do couples generally find out about you? Are, are you getting mostly referrals? or how Actually, does most of my business is coming from my website. Uh -huh. um, I do have a couple ads in place, 
but when I speak with the couples and find out where they found me at, nine times out of ten, it's been the Internet. Oh, okay. So, Internet is it. <laughs> Great. And um, how early in the process typically does a couple come to you? Again, it depends on the couple. If they're, um, my older couples are extremely busy. Okay. They come to me from the very beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, some of my younger couples, you know, they really want to plan their own wedding. They want to get everything together. So I, they may not come to me until either they hit a roadblock mm-hmm. or they've gotten to the point where they uh, said, okay, I've got everything in place. Now I want you to just wrap it all up in one neat package for me. So it really depends upon, I'm finding for my um, clients, the age difference there does play a big part as to, knowing exactly what you want or just having some idea of what you want. Okay. Um, let's, let's talk uh, a little bit now about, you know, you had mentioned, you know, you trying to incorporate uh, things that are important in their lives as a part of, uh, of the wedding. Um, are those, you know, considered theme weddings to you? Or how does, you know, I, I've been reading a lot about, you know, theme weddings. I think that's what a lot of people consider them, um, but I have noticed that when I use the term theme with couples, Mm -hmm. they kind of get a little panicky because they think, okay, Christmas theme, Easter theme, Thanksgiving theme. And I said, no, you know, what I'm trying to get you to do is if you have a favorite item, like say you collect old linens, very pretty things, you can incorporate those old linens into your wedding somehow. You know, so it's a theme that's based upon you, your personal feelings, your personal growth, and your relationship with your significant other, not necessarily a commercial theme. So I've been trying to think of a different word other than theme because that does make them a little spacey. So, so it's it's more of a sense of of kind of you know, developing their right, their you know their their, their, their taste, their right. their things that are are special to them. Exactly. You know, you mentioned you know a sports, their favorite sports team, right. Colors, you know, um, I'm certainly a lot of our grooms out there would be happy to. Oh yeah, they to actually, hear the, that. you know, to actually get a groom actually involved in it, it's it's a lot of fun because you you would think that okay, this is the bride's day and this is all about her, but when you put it to the groom that you know these are the bride's colors, you know, they kind of resemble this sports, you know, team. Do you like these guys? Right. And if it's somebody that they like, they're like, well, yeah, and they kind of get into it a little bit more. So that's a little way to compromise. So if they pick maroon, you, you tell them that it's just a Redskins theme. Exactly. <laughs> I said, well, you know, we're not going to have the pads and everything, but, you know, we can incorporate a little gold here and there, you know, make it something pretty for the now, ladies and for the, something masculine for uh-huh. the men. Okay. We can't forget about our grooms. <laughs> we're the other 50, well, 40% of the equation. Yes. Um, <laughs> talk to us a little bit about how you uh, determine which vendors that you work with and that you recommend. Um, I determine my vendors by... Um, how dependable they are mm-hmm. um, and how well they relate not just to me but to the clients that I bring them um, a lot of times I will tell my clients that they should meet a vendor because just necessarily because I click with them and I love them doesn't mean they will and a lot of my vendors realize that so they know that when I bring somebody to them that they need to present themselves in a way that they would with me um, I'm not saying, you know, they, they shouldn't put on airs or anything, but, you know, I want them to be down to earth, be very natural, so that my clients have an idea of who they're truly working with. Um, so, you know, the dependability, they're being down to earth. Um, I don't base things on prices because I have different level of brides who have, can afford different level of things. 
So I don't say, well, you know, you're too expensive or you're too cheap. Because depending upon the bride, one vendor may work and another one won't. So you're looking for the best possible yeah, match on all levels. Exactly. Okay. Um, now, do you typically, when you recommend a vendor, will you typically be at that meeting with, with the couple? Or do you kind of send them off and let them absorb that on their own? Um, it depends on the vendor. I Typically, I go to the venues. Um, I typically deal with the caterer. Um, the cake, the florist, I usually let the bride handle unless there's something really complex about what they want. Um, the videographer and the photographer, I may or may not go. It just depends on what exactly the bride wants. If she wants something really basic, I don't go with her, you know, because it would be their basic package. But if she wants three or four cameras, then I'll go with her so that I can find out where they're going to be placed in the room so that I can keep up with these multiple cameras roaming around. Okay. Now, if a, a couple, and, and a lot of couples today are, are conscious of their budget, um, what are some ways that, that you can help a bride save money on her wedding day? Um, well, the first thing would be to control your guest list. And everybody hears that, and I know a lot of people probably don't believe that. Mm-hmm. But for every body you add, you're, you're, you know, you're increasing your cost of food. Um, I try to have them um, stay away from buffets because you can't control the portion of food that's placed on, you know, the person is putting on their own plate. Whereas if you have a server, the food is brought to the guest and that's what they get. Um, so that does control the cost a little bit. Um, I think a lot of people used to think that buffets were the way to go because it was cheaper and that's not necessarily true. Um, I try to suggest that they have a, an event earlier in the day mm. or stay away from um, the weekends if possible. Um, you know, I've had a couple of Tuesday, Wednesday weddings in the middle of the day. And, you know, guests get a kick out of taking off work to make it to a wedding. Sure, so, sure. you know, that helps save money. Um, um, I, I used to do uh, silk flowers as opposed to real flowers. However, the silk flowers nowadays are getting so realistic that the the cost is about balancing out. So if the bride wants to preserve her bouquet, then I would suggest she get silk. That way it's already preserved and we don't have to go through the cost of doing that. Mm-hmm. Um, I try to get them to get, um, as far as their gowns, if they're not into a fairy tale event and they just want a nice couture gown, get something off the rack that they can wear again. Um, same thing with their ladies. You mm-hmm. know, If you've been a bridesmaid four or five times, you got closet full of these dresses you know so I always try to suggest that they do something for their bridesmaids as well to alleviate the cost by getting them into something that they can wear again Um, incorporate um, things in the wedding that you can take home like uh, vases um, uh, charger plates anything that you can take home and reuse again or even send to a mother Aunt, something that can be reused. Right, that so won't necessarily go, get thrown right, away. So you don't or feel just like you're wasting the money. Something that okay. you can bring back home with you and use in your own house. Okay. What about seasonal choices of when they choose to have a wedding? How does that affect cost? Um, the warmer weather brings out people and the cost goes up. Um, I've actually had a couple January weddings that were really nice but kind of low-key because... You know, nobody has a wedding in January because of all the snow, especially, you know, where I'm at from, right around D.C., it snows <laughs> and it snows and it snows. You know, so you have a January or February wedding. It's off season. So your cost is down. Right, right. And I've found, you know, even, you know, in, in bad weather, you mm-hmm. know, 
you know, being in, in an area where, you know, you do encounter snow and, and bad weather, it's not as incapacitating as, as people, you know, think sometimes. Um, and, this, and, you know, unless true. it's really Unless horrible, it's really, horrible. really, really bad. Um, being near D.C., we have a lot of government workers, and, it, you know, they have to go to work, they have to, and if they don't, they don't. Uh, so... The, the 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 weather plays into it, I think, more for the venues and things like that because they just don't get the same amount of business that they normally get during the warmer months. So they have a tendency to lower their prices during those months. Okay, and uh, a lot of the uh, consultants that I, I speak with have uh, emergency kits that they have <laughs> on uh, on the wedding day. Uh, do you want to share with us a couple of things that are in your emergency? Oh kit? my, my emergency kit is stocked. Full of all sorts of things. I keep socks for the guys. Um, I keep ties, clip-on ties. Sorry, guys. <laughs> if you forget your tie, you're going to get a clip-on. Um, fingernail polish remover, uh, super glue, tweezers, pins, needles, scotch tape, masking tape, stapler. I've got a little bitty hand sewing machine. I've got shout um Stain remover. I've got uh, the the brush ups for teeth. I keep breath mints, mouthwash, girly ish, you know, things that the uh-huh. girls may need. Uh-huh. Um, I, it, my emergency chest has gone from a small carpet bag to a big Stanley toolbox <laughs> on wheels that I drag around with me. And I'm sure you, you each wedding you you probably I, figure out I, something else. Oh that yeah, I, I I will run across something that I forgot. Actually, I've thrown some bedroom slippers in there. So the bride who gets tired of being in her shoes and has forgot her flats, a little pair of white ballerina bedroom slippers that I isotoners. Just that, that's that's a great that's a great thing to have. Um, Gail, now if a, a couple wanted to get in touch with you, how would they go about doing that? I can be reached um, toll free at eight six six nine three three. Four eight zero zero, or I can be emailed at info at aybridalconsulting.com. Great. Well, Gail, you've certainly shared a, a wealth of information with our listeners. We certainly appreciate you taking the time out of this uh, wedding consultant conference here in New York. Um, and uh, uh, we appreciate your time. And if anyone uh, is in the D.C. area and like to contact Gail, please uh, uh, email her or call her. Um, thank you for being here. And, thank you uh, for having me. Have a great conference. All right. Thank you. Okay. I'm here now with Emily Duncan, a wedding coordinator in Solon, Ohio, just outside of Cleveland. Emily, thank you for joining us today. Thank you for having me. Emily, tell our listeners how long you've been a wedding coordinator. This is actually the end of my second year in business. Second year. Okay, mm-hmm. great. Now, uh, one of the things that uh, we'd like our listeners to know is the value of Uh, hiring a wedding consultant. So why don't you share with our listeners uh, why you think uh, a bride should have a a wedding consultant at her wedding? Well, wedding consultants are more than just the person ordering people around. Uh, We actually can help keep a bride sane during the entire process. We can keep the crazy mother-in-law away. We can make sure that the cake doesn't flip over, which actually has happened to me before. Um, Basically, we make sure that you get to, the bride and groom get to enjoy their day. We make sure they don't worry that the napkins don't match and they don't worry that somebody just spilled a glass of lemonade on the table. We take care of everything. And um, how early in the process do you typically start with with a couple? It depends on when they come to me. So I've had brides come to me within days of being engaged, and we plan the entire wedding from the very beginning all the way to the end, including picking the site and her dress down to what food they're going to be having. I've had brides come to me two months beforehand, and that's mostly day of wedding. 
and that's to make sure that they get the sanity, but they've already done the planning. So it varies, but most of my brides come to me at the very beginning. Now, you know, I've found uh, in my experience that um, brides and, and women in general, mm-hmm. unlike men, have mm-hmm. been thinking about their wedding since they're very, very little girls. Some of them, yes. Some of them. Yes. And does it, you know, does it really affect what you do if a bride were to come to you, even at the very beginning of the process, with, with some definite ideas of what she wants and kind of her vision? Oh, that's wonderful. Uh, that gives me so much to work with. If they've got a definite vision in their head, it's my job to take it and make it reality. Because a lot of times people will have these wonderful ideas, but they just don't know how to get it off paper into 3D. And I can do that for them. I can make sure that this dream that they've had when they were a little girl with the towel on their head, walking down the aisle, singing dum dum da dum in the hairbrush, actually comes true. Great. And um, now, you know, just the opposite situation, a bride comes to you with no idea on what she wants. Is that more of a challenge? It can be more of a challenge, but it really depends on the bride. A lot of times what I'm finding and what I've found over the years is that brides do know what they want, even when they say they don't. If you ask the right questions and you make them think about certain things, they really do know what they're after. They've, okay. they've pictured it, too. Okay, so that so describe to me then what a typical initial meeting might consist of with, with a couple. Basically, we sit down and talk about how they met and their backgrounds and what they, how they fell in love. Because a lot of times that leads to some good stories, and a lot of times those good stories can be used in the wedding itself. Um, talk about what they do, what they're looking for as far as what kind of wedding they want because there's so many different types of weddings. Mm. So basically I just pull that information out and show them exactly how I can help them. And hopefully it leads to a a good result. And um, I've read uh, recently about um, the popularity of theme weddings. Do Do you come across that very much? It's funny, I was just talking about this with another coordinator. It depends on what you say when you mean theme. You can have a Christmas theme, or you can have a theme of the bride and groom's life, as in maybe they absolutely love board games, and you incorporate that into their wedding. That can be a theme, but not many people would probably pull that out in the first and say, I want everything Monopoly. Um, So it just depends. Themes don't have to be traditional, like Christmas or Valentine's Day or doves or hearts. It can be anything in your life can be a theme. Okay. And... um what would be, you know, a simple theme that wouldn't necessarily incorporate something like that? Could it just be based on a, a color scheme of that course. you choose? Mm-hmm, absolutely. It can be based on a color scheme. It can be based on the day you met. It can be based on the time of year. Time of year is a really popular theme. Fall, spring, summer. Pulling the feeling of the time of year into your wedding is a great way to, th- to make something a theme without going overboard mm-hmm. on the, the crazy details. Okay. Um, and when you work with a couple, uh, let's say that you're starting at the very beginning, um, typically how many times during the process, if they've got, let's say, uh, um, an eight- or nine-month engagement, how many different times will you actually meet with the couple? It actually depends on the couple. I've had couples where I meet with them every single week for those eight or nine months, and I've had couples where I meet with them maybe once a month. Um, it just depends on how involved they want me to be and how much guidance they want from me as well. So okay. it really it varies from couple to couple. Okay. And um, does that affect uh, your fee when, when you're working with a couple? 
personally, no. There are other consultants that do um, hourly packages, and it definitely affects with them. My packages aren't set up that way, okay. so I'm pretty much an unlimited. If you if it has to do, I always tell my brides if it has to do with your wedding, you got me. Okay, so so then when you, when a couple signs on with you. Um, you're truly a consultant. If they have a question, they can call you, and, yes. and that's all part of, yes. of what you do. I get lots and lots of emails. Okay. <laughs> that's great. Now, let's talk a little bit about how you go about recommending certain vendors um, to a couple. I'm, I'm sure that uh, uh, you have a, a series of vendors that you work with on a regular basis. Mm-hmm. Okay. Yes. And, um, and do you typically meet with your your client and the vendor at the same time, or do you send them off to, to the vendors? How does that work? It depends on, again, it's it's all up to the bride and groom. I have um, a couple couples that really wanted me to be with them to ask the questions. They were a little shy, didn't know what to ask. I have other couples that as long as I give them the name and tell them I think you're going to be a great fit with this person, I can send them off on their own, and they do the interview on their own. So it's really the amount of guidance that the couple desires. And... Um, what do you recommend? Let's say a couple is um, on a, a little bit of a tighter budget. Mm-hmm. Uh, what are some of the ways that you can help save them money? Well, would it be um, maybe the day, of the week that they choose? You know, would it, you recommend maybe a, a Friday wedding versus a Saturday? Yeah, you can do a Friday wedding. You can also do an off time of the year. Okay. Um, Getting married in January or March are generally a great way to save money. Getting married during the week. I've seen that happening mm-hmm. more and more. Um, people will get married during the week, and it's a great way to save money. Um, the other thing is cutting your, bus, your, gu- your guest list or cutting out certain things that maybe a friend can drive you instead of getting a full-blown limo. So mm. there's, there's different ways to do it. It's really what the couple's priority is, and then we work out from there. Okay, so, you'll, so generally then, then you establish the things that become most important to the couples and then work from, from there in terms of, of fitting all that into, into their budget. Generally, I'll give them a list of all the different elements that can fall into a wedding and ask them to number them from one to, <laughs> seems like a million, um, ask them to number them and just go through, and, and that way I get a good sense of what's most important to them so that I know that if I have to skimp from somewhere, if they absolutely love photography or they really love videography, I'm not going to pull from there. I might pull from the limo or the florist or something to that effect. Okay, so you get a sense that if, you know, if they're not big on on uh, you know lots of flowers exactly then you know you might you know might exactly uh, you know adjust that a little bit do they need an open bar at an afternoon wedding probably not so maybe that's another place we can cut are they big dancers no okay well what about a string quartet so things like that great great um now what are some of the um hot trends that that you're seeing at the wedding any anything new uh, special that you can share Cleveland this year let's see lots and lots of um, chocolate and brown or chocolate brown and blue chocolate brown and pink um, lots of <laughs> similarly chocolate fountains are absolutely huge people uh-huh. love those um, just a lot of color people aren't afraid people aren't sticking to pastels anymore they're going they're going out. They're mixing a pastel with a darker color or with a more vibrant color. Or they're just going with hot fuchsia and taking that through the entire wedding. So lots of color. Um, that's the biggest one for us right now. Okay. And um, what is your typical wedding day like? How early in the day would you start? Let's say uh, it's a uh, 2 or 3 o'clock ceremony. How early in the day do you start? Honestly, I can never sleep before a wedding. I get so excited. 
so I'm probably up around 8 o'clock and just getting together my emergency kit, going over my timeline once more and making sure everything's in order. Um, I'll generally join the bride at the church unless they request that I be with them at their house. But normally that's a time for them to be with their girls and with their parents and getting ready. Um, I'm usually at the church. If it's a 2 o'clock ceremony, I'm there by noon. And I'm setting up, making sure everything's in order. If I have to pick up anything for them, I'm doing that. And then I'm there until the last glass of champagne goes down. Uh So I'm there until they get in the, they're happily ever after. Okay. And uh, you mentioned your emergency kit. A lot of mm-hmm. the consultants that I work with have emergency kits. Yep. Uh, tell us a couple of things that's in your emergency kit. Oh, goodness. Let's see. I have a, oh, wow. It's huge. It's two bags and it's growing every day. I've got a white sheet, which is to, for outdoor pictures. Cleveland is kind of gloomy and a little bit rainy this time of year. So I keep a white sheet around because I don't want the bride sitting or standing on mud. And I can tuck the white sheet under her and make sure her dress doesn't get dirty. Um, I've got spray deodorant for bald and balding men. Mm. In sunny days in the summer, spray deodorant stops them from sweating. I tell them that it's makeup tape or makeup, theatrical makeup, so they know I'm not spraying, you know, men in on their head. But it works. Um, Every kind of pin you can think of, every kind of safety pin, every size of safety pin you can think of, masking tape, scotch tape. It, it's pretty extensive. My brides actually laugh at it when they first see it, but right. it comes but in handy. They, until they need exactly, it. Exactly, until they need it, and then they're really glad it's there. Great, great, great. Now, uh, if a bride uh, in the Cleveland area would like to contact you, how would she go about doing that? She can actually go to my website, okay. which is www.emiliedunca.com. And I'm actually opening up a new branch in Lexington, Kentucky in uh, early spring of 2006, and the website will stay exactly the same. So I'll be based out of Lexington uh, beginning next year. Great, great. Well, good luck with that. Thank you. And Emily, thank you for taking the time to to meet with us here and share your expertise with our listeners. I'm sure they got a lot out of it. Thank you, Robert, and congratulations to all you brides and grooms. Okay, I'm here with Meredith Sellers, who's a wedding consultant in the Washington, D.C. area. Meredith, thank you for joining me this afternoon. Thank you. It's a pleasure. Um, Why don't you give our listeners a sense of the type of wedding consulting that you do? How long have you been in business? I've been in business for five years, and I do wedding consulting, wedding planning, wedding mediation. Wherever my clients need my help, I come in and help them with their wedding plans. Okay. We'll talk about that a little bit. Where typically in the planning process does a couple come to you? I would say it's like half and half. Half of them come to me kind of after they've picked a site and they have a date and they don't know what else to do. They're so overwhelmed by everything and they need help finding the musicians and the photographers and all the other messes involved, um, as well as maybe negotiating a contract at the reception site. The other half probably comes to me you know, way into the planning process and they need someone for a day of coordinator, someone to come in um, four or five weeks out and kind of take over and pull the event together because that's the hardest part. All the little details like seating charts and programs and menu cards and calling the vendors and doing a timeline, they don't know how to do all that stuff and they're not real sure. So they ask me to come in four to five weeks out and take over from there. And then I'm the point person between the vendor and them, so nobody's bothering them and they can actually enjoy themselves the last couple okay. of weeks. Now, is that, is that more difficult to yes, come into, you know, it's so very late hard that way. Because I don't necessarily know the vendors that they've worked with. They may have contracted with people that 
um, I've never worked with before. So I have to call, introduce myself, let them know that I'm the coordinator. I'm going to be working with them that day. And hopefully I have some sort of contact with them. But a lot of times I don't. There's, um, they've chosen someone that I didn't work with before. I'm kind of starting from scratch. That's sometimes a little bit more difficult. So I'd prefer if they'd hire me earlier in the process. And then I can help them along the whole way. And then they've chosen vendors that I've worked with before. And it can make the day a little bit more flawless. Okay, so let's say a couple comes to you. Uh, at the beginning of the process okay. and, and they haven't you know they've just gotten engaged you know a few weeks you know before they come and see you uh-huh. what are some of the first things that you'll do with them first things I'll do with them is talk about their style and their vision whatever it is no money no thoughts about that I want them to tell me exactly what their vision is is, is it a ballroom hotel is it outside um, you know under a tent is it at a vineyard I want to know what their vision is and then I talk to them about budget and I try to figure out what's important to them and I have them list the top three things that are most important. And that's where I have them put most of their money. And I try to help them get the site that they want for the money. If the most important thing to them is the site, then we'll take money from flowers or photography and put towards the site so they get what they want. So I try to do a match between their styles and their visions and what their budget is. Okay. Now, is there ever a wrong answer to those three things? I mean, can it really be whatever the couple it, Yeah, feels? it really can be whatever they want. I mean, if her dress is the most important thing then we will do that and we'll have a dessert reception and serve champagne and wedding cake. It just depends on whatever's most important to her. Okay. When, when it comes time for you to recommend vendors mm-hmm. uh, to a couple, I'm sure there are a list of vendors that you, that you work with. Right. Do you, when you set up appointments with these vendors, are you with the couple when you, when you visit the vendors? Yes and no. Most likely, yes. Um, I recommend the vendors to them based on their budget and, of course, based on their availability. So when they go to meet with the photographer or the florist, they already know, one, they're available, and two, they're within their budget. So it's easy for them to make a qualified decision. Um, I only send them to probably two or three different people in each category, and I go with them and I help them through the process unless it's something like the DJ and they can handle that on their own with their music selections. I'm not going to tell them what kind of music to play. They can do whatever they want. But stuff like flowers or photography... They need a little bit more hand-holding. I'm certainly there with them, guiding them through the process. And when they pick a vendor, will you typically uh, review the contract yes. with them? Yes, absolutely. I always already look over the contract with them. Most of the times I've worked with the vendor before, so I know what it says. I make sure that the timing is right. They're not you know, skimping on any of the timing, making sure the um, language is correct regarding what the DJ is going to wear, what the photographer is going to wear, if there's vendor meals involved, all the little details. And I can come up with things maybe that we need to be negotiating whether it's with a florist, maybe I can negotiate some of the bouquet costs down. Maybe I can get a toss bouquet thrown in. If it's a photography fee and I know that it's an off-season time or I know that um, the bride and groom you know, want a little bit of extra hours and they don't necessarily want the big portrait, I can negotiate that with them and ask the vendors to kind of give and take on a couple things instead of going with exactly what the package says. It doesn't hurt to ask. And, and you mentioned um, about, you know, seasonality. How much does that affect cost when a, when a bride is planning a wedding, the, you know, the time of year that she's choosing? I think it depends a lot on, you know, the area across the country. But I think January, February, March, and then November is kind of very, very slow. Sometimes July, it's easier to negotiate because it's either hot or cold, and the vendors aren't booking very easily. And so if it's rainy and in March, then sometimes you can 
kind of cater the price a little bit and get the vendor to come down either on price or offer more perks. And that's what I like to sometimes get more for my clients is perks. Throw in some things instead of discounting. So, so you find that it's, it's, it's better for a couple to have, you know, some more things added in than trying to save some, you know, right. a little because, bit of money. Right, because, I mean, you get what you pay for. So if you're discounting and discounting and discounting, you just don't know exactly what you're going to get. But if I can get thrown in an 11 by 14 portrait or get, in, th- get thrown in some more flowers or whatever, it looks better for the vendor and it looks great because the client's happy. And that's the most important thing is that the client's happy. Right, and, and those are the types of things that a bride that wasn't using, a consultant, wouldn't even think to ask. They wouldn't think to ask, right. They just don't know. They go in and ask for discounts. They go in and ask for how to... How to restructure a package. It's not about the packages. It's about what you can get from the vendor to make you happy. Okay. Now, uh, talk a little bit about the types of venues that you might work in. What are you seeing? What what types of places do do couples want to get married in these days? I work a lot in outside venues at museums or parks uh, in the D.C. area. Sometimes um, with a, with a tent, we have to bring in rentals and tent and dance floor and those kind of things. The other side of the coin is inside museums and mansions that have different rooms, and so there's a lot of that goes into planning for the different rooms and dancing and dinner and that kind of thing. And does that pose you know special challenges when you're coming into a location that you may have to bring in a caterer and and rentals and things like that definitely a challenge when you have to hire more vendors that means you're getting rental company a tent company a catering company sometimes a bathroom company to bring in it's lots of different people that you have to deal with and sometimes the brides you know get overwhelmed because they just don't know um how to handle all those types of different people and i can come in and say one-stop shopping you know i'll call on everybody and i'll make the arrangements and you don't have to worry about picking out bathrooms or whatever right i would imagine it would be very difficult for a couple not using a wedding consultant to to attempt uh you know a a a wedding at a location where they would need to bring everything in right. I, I mean imagine there's I think they so get many things very frustrated and they end up just you know giving in and having it at the local hotel and in the DC area a Hilton is a Hilton but if you have all these wonderful museums and mansions and gardens and historic places it's nice to be able to take advantage of the area I did a wedding at a winery uh, over the summer and the site actually you know makes a request that you hire a coordinator because you do have to bring in um the tent and the caterer and the caterer doesn't even, there's not even a kitchen there so the caterer has to bring in its own water supply and its own everything and so they really you know suggest to the clients to the brides to hire a coordinator because they need someone there going over the contracts making sure they get what they need they wouldn't know to tell the caterer hey i need you to bring in a water source mm. but i know that sure. and i know that the road is a dirt road and you're going to have to make sure that you know, you're careful driving in, and I know that the hotel, the closest hotel, is a half an hour away, so we have to book the bed and breakfast down the street. Like, those kind of things, you know, come into play. And they, they would never know. They would never know that stuff. Right, only through through your experience. Right. Um, now, one of the things that we've been talking to the consultants about, and, and a lot of our listeners like to uh, to find out about, is you have an emergency kit. Oh, yes. Um, <laughs> and... What are, what are some of the things in your emergency kit? Okay, it's definitely not like J-Lo's. I don't have it attached to the inside of my jacket. I actually need a lot more than that, and I carry a 
uh, large suitcase around with me. And in the suitcase, I have stain removers because I can definitely get red wine out of your dress. I've done that many times. What about lipstick? Um, lipstick, yes. I actually have um, chalk uses as well. Oh, okay. uh, you can put chalk over lipstick. You can also use chalk on top of a blood stain. Like if a man has, has a nick um, from shaving on his neck, you oh. can use chalk to cover that up with. Okay. I have whiteout. Uh, the most common things I use are bobby pins, hairspray, breath mints, um, tissues, and probably needle and thread. I do a lot of, of stitching up of hems of dresses. <laughs> Girls' bridesmaids' dresses get pulled out a lot, so I, I um, actually am in the bathroom sometimes sewing up the bottoms of dresses. Right, right. Um, I saw a groom freak out once because he lost a button on his tuxedo <laughs> jacket and... and uh, the wedding consultant was sewing it on just before the bride came right. down the aisle. Right, yeah. Um, I also carry other things like, you know, tooth pla- toothpaste and black socks for the groom because they might put blue on, all those things. I don't rarely use those, but I do have them there just in case anyone needs them. I also carry additional, you know, reserved signs for tables, table numbers, um, pretty pens, um, you name it, I have it in my in my bag. Unity candles, ring bearer pillow. I have extras of everything just in case we might need it. And it, that just adds to the whole comfort level of having, has, you, having you there. I mean, I had a friend who I went as a guest to the wedding, and the ring bearer left his pillow at the, at the hotel, so he didn't have it there. And the bride was totally freaking out. And there was no wedding coordinator there to take care of it. And you think, it's silly. Oh, it's just a ring bearer pillow. But it was important to the bride, sure. and she didn't have it anymore. Sure. Sure. And so I would have been able to run out to my car and grab the pillow, and we would have been good to go. Right, no, and it would be no problem, no problem. Right. Now, we were talking earlier, and uh, you said to me that uh, you're newly engaged yourself. I am, actually. Congratulations. It's a week today. Congratulations. <laughs> Thank you. Um, how is it going to be for you to plan your own wedding? It'll be very interesting. Um, definitely on a different side of the coin uh, this time and looking at things from a very different eye. I think I have a lot of experience, so I'll be able to pick very qualified vendors and then I'll be able to let go. I am definitely going to hire someone to come in the last couple weeks and I want them to do the final phone calls and that kind of thing because I do. I want to be a guest and have a good time and not have to worry about do the linens touch the floor and is the silver polished and, you know, the flowers perfect and that kind of thing. So. Well, hopefully you'll be able to truly be the bride that day. I and, hope so. And, and not have to uh, be coordinating your, so. own, it was the, your own wedding. The, after I got engaged, like the second or third word I said was, oh my gosh, I'm a bride. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's great. Congratulations. Um, now, uh, if a couple wanted to contact you uh, to help uh, help plan their wedding, how would they go about that? The best way to reach me is through my website, and that is www.elegantengagements.com. And on there, you can look at my services listed. I have testimonials on there, and also an email access you can get a hold of me. My phone number is 703-819-5808. Great. Well, Merida, thank you so much for taking the time to be with us. I know you're here at a uh, wedding consultants convention in New York. Yeah, That's where all the noise is in, in the <laughs> background, if anyone is wondering. And uh, congratulations on your engagement. Thank you very uh, hope much. Hope it'll be a painless process. I uh, hope so too. <laughs> you have that experience on your side. I'm going to try to make it fun. Good, good. The same good. way I do for my clients. Good. Well, thank you for sharing all the information with our listeners. And um, uh, again, congratulations on your engagement. Thanks. Okay, joining me now is Pat Ambrosius, who's a wedding consultant in New Jersey. Pat, thank you for joining me today. Oh, you're quite welcome. Um, Tell me a little bit about um, what it is that you do 
uh, with couples? Uh, when do couples generally come to you in the planning process? They can come to me at any point in their engagement. Um, sometimes uh, certain brides know from the outset that they don't know where to start. And they will come to me asking, okay, exactly how do we start this whole thing? Um, others are more confident in their own planning tools. They will go out and buy the gown the day after they became engaged. Um, <laughs> Makes you wonder if they had it picked out before they got the ring. They may have. Uh-huh. I don't know. Um, and what happens usually is they'll get uh, a certain to a certain place in the planning and they'll say uh, how do I do this now or they're overwhelmed with one family wanting this one family wanting that friends pulling and pushing and and they'll you know all of a sudden realize that it's not a bad idea to have an objective party in the picture uh, others just either can only afford a day of service or that's all they're interested in And so uh, more often than not, that's what we see or have requests for. We aim, obviously, for planning packages, but day of is very popular. Mm -hmm. Uh, It's also a misnomer because day of doesn't happen that day. It happens anywhere from four to six weeks before the wedding. We get involved with um, organizing their vendors running over the contracts to be sure what services were promised and that we have to ensure are completed. Um, We also do detailed itineraries for everyone involved so that for that day everything flows smoothly. Um, There are no big catches. There are always catches. Anyone who promises anyone a perfect wedding is planning the impossible because weddings are people. And people they're, are they're living perfect. and breathing events, yes. right? Right. <laughs> right. Now, you know, you bring up an interesting point about uh, day of planning. Um, you know, if if someone wants to use your services for day of, you know, is it ever too early to come to you in the process to say, "Well, that's what I want," so that you can kind no. of get started in coordinating that? Not at all. No, I've had people ask for a day of as much as a year out. And, and um, I'm, I'm sure that, you know, takes a bit of the pressure off of, of you because yes. then you can, you know, you have that, that, right. that time to work with, with the people involved. Mm-hmm. Now, how does it that day of differ than, you know, if someone were to come to you and want full service? Is, it, is, okay. is the process different? The process is very different. Uh, when we do a full service wedding, we begin with a budget meeting. And that's where the financial planner and a consultant comes out. We sit down with the couple's budget, and we ask them a lot of questions to help them prioritize their spending. I mean, some people want to spend a lot of money on flowers. Other people are not interested in that. They want to spend a lot of money on the food. Well, what we do is teach them how to prioritize those things. We assign a value to each item in the budget, and we fix it so that their priorities are addressed first and given the most percentage, and so on down the list. And 
it makes it a lot easier for them to stay on track when they have this chart in front of them. Uh, I also talk to them about if you do certain things to tweak an area and kind of shave a little bit off of it, you can add it to one of your bigger priorities. Now, is there, you know, when a couple comes to you and and lists their priorities, is Mm -hmm. there right and wrong priorities? You know, do you ever say to someone, you know, who wants to spend, you know, an excess amount of money on flowers that, hey, that may not be a good idea, that maybe you should do this. absolutely Whatever their their desire is. Whatever their desire is. You'll work with that. Yes. Okay. Um, Now, in, in helping a couple choose vendors. Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm sure there are vendors that, that you work with, that yes. you kind of have in, in your book that, that you like to work with. Mm-hmm. Um, how do you prepare a couple to visit the vendors that you recommend? Do you give them a list of questions to ask? What is, what is it that you prepare them yes. with? Um, either I give them a list of questions to ask each vendor or I attend the meeting. Ah, okay. It's up to them mm-hmm. how they want it done. And what's your preference? My preference for vendors? Well, I mean, to, in terms of that meeting, would you prefer to be there with them? You know, on, on It really depends on which vendor it is. Um, when it comes to a reception venue, yes, I want to be there. Okay. Uh, Mark Kingsdorf, who is my mentor and a very good friend, has a saying that, you know, you can negotiate anything until the contract's signed. And then there's no negotiating anymore. It's very difficult to have somebody come to you um, with contracts already signed, and they say, oh, well, what about this? Well, unfortunately, we can't help you with that. I mean, we can talk to the people, see if they're agreeable to changing it. Yeah, but they're under no obligation once it's signed. Right. So for certain things like... The reception venue, anything that does not require personal taste, like a bakery. Mm. I don't need to be at a at a meeting with a baker. Right. You know, they can go. They know what they like. They know what they want it to look like, and I will give them pointers on questions that must be asked. Make sure certain things are in the contract. You know. Uh, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. But for some elements of the wedding, I will ask to be there. Now, you know, you know, you brought up the point before about, um, you know, if a bride or a couple has, has the budget to, to utilize you for the entire process, I would imagine that um, your fee is probably, you know, you can save them that much money and more oh, yeah. <laughs> by, by, you know, working with you from the beginning. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, I mean, I think that's something our listeners really need to understand that, you know, money that's spent with a, a wedding coordinator, um, you know, your expertise can help them oh, yes. save lots of money down the line. Oh, yes. Um, to me, it really doesn't matter what size budget you have. You can always use more money for something. Mm. And so anywhere that we can shave without detracting from the quality of what you're getting, then it needs to be done. And that's something that we're well-versed in. Right. And that's, that's a very good point. You know, you can modify things that 
will be unseen by the guests. The yes. guests would never really even know, but yet, you know, you have that, that knowledge that allows you to, to do those changes oh, yes. that, are, that are, you know, invisible, if you will, mm-hmm. uh, in the end, uh, that a bride would never know to do no. having not worked with no. you. Yeah, well, that's, 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 that's uh, you know, a very, very good point. Now, um, one of the things that our listeners love to, to know about um, is what's in the emergency kit that you bring <laughs> to a wedding. We want to know what's in that kit. It really depends on the planner, but <laughs> uh, some of us are a little obsessive about <laughs> it <laughs> and we carry just about anything and everything uh-huh. um i was interviewed about that very thing not long ago and i told them i have black socks in my emergency uh-huh. kit i have a full toolkit. i have every imaginable hairpin that's ever been invented mm-hmm, mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> i have toothbrushes toothpaste <laughs> Seriously, anything, yeah. anything. If I, if I need a sewing machine, mm. it'll come out of my kit. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> and I'm sure it grows a little bit oh, each wedding yes. that you do. Every wedding, it's amazing. You think you have everything, and something happens. Oh, we need one of those. Right. So yes, right. it yeah. keeps and, growing. And it's just, and you know, I think it just adds to the comfort level. Yes, that, that a couple it has. Does. You know, once uh, you know, and without uh, a wedding coordinator on site, there's no emergency <laughs> kit. No, you know, it's just what's in the glove compartment of the car. Oh, my brides love to see me coming with my big black pull cart. Uh huh. Yeah. You know? <laughs> oh, good. She's here. If there anything happens, we're ready. That's it. Well, that's that's very important. That's very important. Um, now, if a uh, a couple wanted to contact you, um, yes. and you know, in, in in seeing about using your services, how would they go about doing that? Well, they can go to my website, which is www.dywed.com, or they can email me, okay. and that is mail at dywed.com. Okay, and. Uh, Pat, I thank you so much for sharing your expertise with our listeners and taking the time out uh, of, uh, you know, being part of, we know you're at a, a seminar here in New York yes. uh, for wedding consultants where you're, you're learning lots of, of new and exciting <laughs> things and, yes. and laughing a lot. <laughs> our, our listeners probably heard a bunch of that in the background during these interviews. Um, but that's, that's uh, you know, very admirable and, and you know, having been um, in this business myself, uh, Education is extremely important, and I think that's something that a bride needs to look for when they're choosing their professionals are those that, that take education um, you know, as, as something that's important as a yes. part of their business. This is a wonderful opportunity for us. Um, Lynette just such a good job of bringing us together. And we're a very diverse group, but we're all dedicated to one thing. Well, thank you again for uh, for sharing your expertise with our listeners, and oh, thank you uh, enjoy for having the me. rest of the convention. Thank you. Okay, I'm here with Preeti Nanvan, a wedding consultant out of Queens, New York. Preeti, thank you for joining us. Um, 
Tell our listeners how long you've been a wedding coordinator. I've been a wedding coordinator for two years, specialized in Indian wedding decor, and just got into wedding planning a few months ago. Tell our listeners why you feel that a couple can benefit from hiring a wedding coordinator for their wedding. Well... Brides are taking a lot longer now to get married as they are focusing on their career. And uh, with with a lot of demand in their career comes a lot of time they can't really devote to the perfect wedding and all the details that they want. So having a wedding planner definitely helps them with that. But with Indians, they like to have drawn-out events at least uh, for a whole week, if not for three weekends at least. And it's very hard to, to maintain you know, your guest list and colors and food and just you name it and it's it's very difficult to do by yourself and so hiring somebody that specializes in that will definitely help them out and when typically are you um are you meeting clients is it right at the very beginning of, of their process or a little bit in what, what's been your experience I, I prefer to meet them a little after they get engaged because it's very harder than anything is to get a site once you get the site of your dreams, you know, some people take a year, some people take six months, but it, it all depends on whenever they're ready to hire me and, um, and, of course, what stage they need me for, whether they need me for the beginning or the day of or just a few weeks into just to finalize some details with them. Okay. Now, share with us uh, some of the unique aspects of, of an Indian wedding that might be different than a, a, an American wedding. Uh, well, we've got a henna ceremony, which is the funnest part. It's uh, typically the night before you get married or two nights before and uh, your girlfriends just join you and you get to adorn your hands with henna which is a temporary tattoo and they say the redder it is the more your mother-in-law and your husband will love you so um, girls just stay up and keeping in front of a heater and um, putting in front of a stove whatever they have to do to get it as hot and red as possible Uh, that's just one of them there's also something called a singeet which is when all the um, older ladies get together and have like a sing song about the uh, woes of marriage basically they just make fun of their husbands and what they're going to have to look forward to with kids and everything so it's it's a very cultural event would that kind of be equated almost to a bachelorette party i suppose bachelor party with the with older women definitely okay Okay. (laughs) Um, and um, do you find that, that your clients, uh, being of, of, of Indian descent, will want to work with vendors uh, who understand uh, the intricacies of an Indian wedding? I have noticed, actually, that more and more they're stay- sticking with the food, of course. That's the most difficult thing to get out of. But um, videography, photography, if you just explain to them the most important aspects of the wedding, they actually like the fact that um, they're hiring an, uh, somebody who's not Indian, from what I've noticed now. Oh, that, Although you find it easier to, to hire an Indian because they know, you know, at what point when you're putting the flower garland on that that is a crucial moment. You have to take a picture. But... The quality and, and everything is, is really changing everywhere, and it just all depends on who's going to do the best job. Okay. Now, you mentioned earlier about that sometimes uh, it'll extend over, over multiple weekends. Mm-hmm. How does that come into play? One of the first things, I mean, that everybody has an engagement party from, from the most part. Then you've got your henna ceremony. Then there's something um, for Punjabi people. Indian people are broken off into different sectors and so for Punjabis we have something called a chuda which is when your uncle puts um, bangles on your hands that you can't take off until six months to a year of your wedding okay. you wear them they're just plastic bangles they don't bother anybody but there's that ceremony then there's a, something called a, a vatna which is yellow powder that you put all over your body to make you look very um to make you glow on your wedding that's one ceremony then of course your family is going to come by and just offer you advice and that becomes a ceremony in its own because 
there's so many members in everybody's family. It just gets drawn out to a week just to spend with the bride because we believe once the bride gets married, she actually leaves her family and um, she she's her in-law's daughter, no longer her parents. So everybody likes to say goodbye. And it is quite sad at the end, but, you know, it's a lot funner if you're a groom. Definitely a lot funner. It's, 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 it's a lot of dancing. It's okay. a lot of nothing somber. They're just excited because they're getting the girl. Gotcha. But for the girl, it's like, oh, God, you're going, you know, you leave our family, you leave our house, you leave her. <laughs> Now, um, let's talk a little bit about uh, your relationships with vendors. Now, when you um, would recommend a vendor to a bride, do you typically uh, just give out the information and the bride will meet with them, or do you actually go with them on, on the meetings? I like to go with the bride on the meeting because if, there's, if I have a relationship with the vendor and the bride is uncomfortable about something or she's not happy about something, I like to be able to go to them and say, you know, um, she wasn't comfortable with your greeting or maybe she wasn't happy that you weren't on time. Whatever the, the matter is, I wouldn't want her to handle that stress on her own. So you, so you would typically I be I would typically there. be there. Okay. Mm-hmm. Do you research your vendors ahead of time? Will you actually go and meet with vendors before you bring them on in, in terms of, of who you might recommend? Yes, I do. I have my own list as well, but um, I do like to give them a choice if they specialize in, suppose it's food, do you specialize in uh, vegetarian or non-vegetarian depending on the wedding? Because you don't want to offend a lot of people with having somebody that makes meat and there could be strict vegetarians that don't want anybody who handles meat to handle their wedding. It's such a sacred ceremony. Okay. Let's talk a little bit about wedding locations. Where are some of the the, the locations that you recommend? Are they catering facilities? Uh, More uh, Banquet hotels. halls, banquet halls, hotels. Okay. Do I'm the, sorry, I cut you do off. the weddings typically? Uh, would they be larger weddings um, that, that you're large. planning? Very large. I mean, Indian weddings can go from four to eight hundred people. Wow. Four hundred to eight hundred people. Okay. So there's there's certain criteria, obviously, to, you know, to go into a, a banquet hall that would be able to accommodate uh, that size uh, and, of, of a wedding. And budget-wise, it actually comes out to better if you're if you have to go to a place that doesn't have uh, tables or table linens or chairs, it comes out to a lot more money for the bride to have to spend unless it's readily available to her. And most places actually have um, uh, like a bridal assistant, things like that, that can help them out while I'm taking care of vendors. They can just make sure her hair is primed properly for the picture and her makeup supplied right and she's not shining anywhere and the groom, you know, his ties on straight for every shot. Uh, when a, a bride decides on a particular vendor to use for her wedding. Uh, do you r- actually review the contracts with her to make sure that everything that's supposed to be in there is in there? Generally, um, I, I can't say that I have. I haven't really found myself in that position because they've, if they've decided on a vendor, they've pretty much decided, and I'll just be responsible for making sure that they uphold their end of the contract. But I'm not usually there for the contract signing, no. Unless I'm there from the very beginning and we've decided on that vendor, then I'm and, doing it. And does it, does it matter necessarily if uh, a bride were to come to you and she's partway into the planning process and she has some vendors already picked out? Is that really affecting? No, not at work? all. Not at all. I mean, they, they want to be as involved as they possibly can. And, and I encourage that, although I'd love to be able to do a lot of work for them. There are certain brides that you meet that are, want things done in a particular way and you just have to respect it and just say hey wherever wherever you need me along the way you know I'll be there okay and um, for you when you work with a bride on the wedding day uh, what is your typical day like how early in the day do you start uh, 
doing what you do. If the wedding is supposed at 8 o'clock, I'd like to be there by 6. Get a site. I mean, I already know where the site is because I do make the time to go myself without letting the bride know generally that I've been out there and I know where everybody needs to set up. I like to get there about two hours ahead of time and um, just work on, uh, work on up until the bride leaves, about an hour after the bride leaves, actually, just to make sure that everybody's cleaned up and everything's taken care of on the vendor's end. Um, there was a wedding I attended that actually I was, uh, it was one of my really good friends. I was her bridesmaid. But she had already done everything before I announced that I was moving my business to New York. So day of her wedding, there was just so much calamity. And the way she wanted to enter was completely different from what the decorators and the, I, I guess, the hall people had, you know, the hotel people had told her she could enter from. She refused to enter any other way. So yeah, she had to put a white sheet to cover the kitchen entrance door and make sure nobody noticed that that's where she was going to make her surprise entrance from. Uh, it, that's just a long story short. It was, it was very complicated to have everybody scooch in the kitchen hallway and have the bridal party walk out and then have her brothers kind of hold up the white sheet. It was, it was very funny, actually. Not something you would have recommended to do. Yeah, I mean, yeah, if if the bride really wants it that way, who are you to tell her the day that she's been looking forward to to say no? You can't do it, and and unfortunately, there had to have been some miscommunication with uh, with somebody that she had said from the beginning this is what she wanted. So, either way, we had to make sure that she got her way. So, is that generally a, a philosophy of yours that that really you know if a bride wants to do something, you know that you know, you know really is not going to work the way it should. I mean, it's, it's really her day, and, yeah. and she should have the ability to do that. Absolutely, but my husband actually disagrees with that. He, gets, he, he feels that it's not just the bride's day, it's the groom's day as well. So I will say the bride and groom, yes, are very important. And um, it is the day that they've been looking forward to, and why shouldn't they have that one day for that, that special attention and that, that, the love and support from everyone that they deserve? How many weddings uh, do you personally uh, work on each year? Hmm. Um, there was a time I actually did five in one weekend where I had to have a few people go out and just uh-huh. supervise sites. But um, I'd like to definitely keep it down now to um, hopefully one a weekend or even if I get 12 in a year, once uh-huh. a month, that would make me very happy as well, as long as I can give them that personal attention now. Okay. If our listeners uh, wanted to contact you, how would they go about doing that? They could go on my website, which is um, breaththeexclusive.com, P-R-E-E-T-I, exclusive.com. And uh, they could email me at P-R-E-E-T-I at breaththeexclusive.com. And uh, my phone number is 718-362-1722. It's my office number. Great. Well, Preeti, thank you for uh, spending time with us. I'm sure our listeners uh, got some great information from you. I and hope so. uh, uh, we appreciate you taking the time. Thank you, for, thank you for having me. Thank you. Appreciate it.